0: This is the Andrew Burchett Podcast, episode 10, Seeking God in Obscurity. Last week, I watched a romantic comedy with my wife that contained a rare admission of truth on the world stage, a.k.a. the movie screen. Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson are oddly paired as a math teacher and a superstar diva in this movie. They find themselves impossibly matched up in a very strange circumstance. And it was predictable, all the ways that you want a romantic comedy to be. But I couldn't help but notice part of the message that was coming through, and that was this. Obscurity is something good. Even when you are at the height of fame and fortune, you will long for some anonymity. You will seek real, not digital, relationships marked by honesty where people talk face to face. This stood out to me because we focused last Sunday on adopting the posture of obscurity in which Jesus walked. Obscurity can be defined as being unknown, inconspicuous, and unimportant to the world. While that's true, A biblical understanding of obscurity also includes being seen, known, and loved by God. As followers of Jesus, we aren't trying to put ourselves down in some gross display of false humility. Our aim is to be more focused on pleasing God and living from the place of his unconditional love as his sons and daughters. Obscurity in a Christian context means not running after the applause of this world, but instead being content to stay out of the 24-hour news cycle. We don't choose obscurity in a desire to limit God doing great things in us or through us. We just choose to live to serve God without trying to grab the headlines and to get applause. So greatness and obscurity aren't mutually exclusive. Jesus proved that both greatness and obscurity can be part of the journey, can be part of our journey. He walked through this life on earth in such a way that he wasn't seeking attention from others. In fact, when the people grabbed at him and tried to make him their king, he slipped away into the crowd in John 6. He asked his disciples not to tell others that he was the Messiah in Mark 8. Jesus moved away from the world's spotlight while confidently knowing fully that he was God's loved son. God's plan for the Messiah, Jesus, was always going to be an organic flight under the radar. Even the prophecy in Isaiah 53 verse 2 tells us that Jesus would have, quote, no beauty or majesty that attracted us to him nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Jesus' plan was never to be a political leader or a superstar in the first century. His calling was to defeat the works of the devil, to preach the good news of the kingdom, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and to live a life that we could imitate. I see a pattern in the beginning of Jesus' ministry where he receives a revelation about his identity He moves into a season of obscurity and then moves into his ministry and an empowered reflection of the kingdom. So Jesus' identity is articulated by God at his baptism as God's beloved son, the one in whom he's well pleased. And this happens even before Jesus does anything to earn or deserve God's love in Matthew 3 then immediately after that, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness where he fasts and he spends time with his heavenly Father in obscurity, where his identity is seared deep into his soul as he's strengthened in that lonely place, in that desert place. And that prepares him for what's next, which is in Matthew 4. Jesus has the strength then to stand up when he's tempted by the devil and has the clarity about who he is, what his identity is, and the Holy Spirit power than to move out into ministry. The flow of revelation of our identity to a place of obscurity, to empowerment for ministry is what I long to experience myself. As Jesus followers, He is constantly speaking to us and building our true identity within us. When lies are uncovered in our hearts about who we truly are, God brings truth by the Holy Spirit to our mind and heart. These are important breakthrough moments. Now, obscurity is the posture that is found in slowing, in the rhythm of silence and solitude and Sabbath. As we practice these spiritual disciplines and postures rich in hearing God speaking to us, our identity as a loved son or daughter of God goes deeper. Spending time offline from the world quiets the noise and the competing voices so we can hear and sense God's voice more clearly. That voice that's reinforcing our true identity found as sons and daughters. After having times of refreshing rest and refocus with God, we're positioned to do great things for Him by loving others in extraordinary ways and bringing His presence and His kingdom to every sphere of influence in our life. This place of resting, not striving, as God's beloved sets us up for a healthy mindset in ministry and serving. Processing our pain in a place of obscurity leads to healing. So many of us run to social media to process painful moments in our journey before we take our pain to Jesus for his comfort, healing, and grace. While reading the comments people make in response to your crisis post, it provides some sense that you aren't alone in your situation. And even the noise of well-wishing can drown out the voice of Jesus and those who are closest to you. I'm concerned that when we process our pain first with the digital world, we get enough comfort to stuff the pain back down and not actually grieve our loss and to process it in a healthy way. Suppressed grief is like standing on a beach ball in the pool. At some point, it's going to come up to the surface, hit you in the face. You just can't predict when that's going to happen. the posture of obscurity isn't isolation it is an invitation into a quiet place where jesus received clarity in his calling and power to move out and bless others in ministry silent moments are clear space for god to meet us and prepare us to do his will there are times with god where we'll be really strengthened walking in this posture of obscurity also leads us to a weekly rhythm of spending one hour with one friend talking about the real issues of our life. Some have said that an honest conversation with a close friend when you're struggling can be just as powerful and helpful as a counseling appointment. So who can you begin to chat with this week who will help you process and pray with you for God's power and ability to walk with Jesus? This week, I encourage you and challenge you to consider this posture of obscurity.